Hey there, everyone. Uh, my name is Eric. My name is Tess. And uh, welcome to St. Peaks, y'all, the podcast where two librarian geeks talk about the TV show Twin Peaks once every single week. Holy baloney. Tess is a super fan. She loves Twin Peaks. I'm a big old newbie. I don't know a log from a cup of coffee. And we've made our way all the way from episode one of Twin Peaks all the way up to what are we discussing today? I honestly don't know. What is it? I guess we should uh, go back to our old tradition of, Eric, did you watch this episode? The episode we're about to discuss, if you watched it, was part two of Twin Peaks The Return. Did you watch the episode, Eric? I did watch the episode. Quick question, how do I sound? I think you sound fine. I know you can't, you can't hear eric can't hear himself last week i couldn't see myself but i got a glamorous new webcam with a with a ring light attached and i just i'm looking luxurious i feel like i'm looking at a real youtuber i feel like you're gonna unbox something in front of me now i know i do i am a little concerned about like the high definition showing off my very messy the very messy room behind me but you know what whatever it's about i can't I can't even notice the room because I'm looking at your beautiful locks of hair. Look at that. It's a, (laughs) the thing is, and this is not in a, we're good enough friends. I can say this Burnett because my wife, every meaningful human, every meaningful female in my life is a Burnett and you got gorgeous, gorgeous, dark Brown locks on your head is what I'm saying. As, as dark as a nice hot cup of coffee. (laughs) As black as midnight. Wow, that's that's really black. <laughs> um, I did watch this episode, and <sighs> you have thoughts. Before you get to your thoughts, um, I just have a couple things. We got an email. Ooh. Email from from Chris, our our the winner of our secret diaries, which is exciting. Oh By the way, when I told Chris that he was the winner, um. I, uh, A, spoiled the episode for him because he hadn't listened yet. And I was like, "Where? what's your address? And he was like, stop creeping on me. And I was like, no, I got I to send you prizes. And he was like, I never win anything. And he can't say that anymore. Now, what's your address, Chris? We need uh, some blood for the altar. <laughs> some so fresh blood. I'll be sending that out to him soon. He did send us an email. Eric and Tess, so glad the podcast is back. Looking forward to each episode and Eric's reactions. Cheers and beers, Chris. Oh, man, I was going to get a beer for this episode. Next time. I I do have this cup and filled with it. It's the most magical liquid on earth. Is it water? It is water, baby. <laughs> Ooh, good and hot. I like to drink my water hot. And I like my water as black as a moonless night. I got one more thing to share with you. We got a tweet, a tweet from John. And he said, uh, this was on our episode about the secret history of Twin Peaks. He says, my favorite book in the franchise about Jacoby's glasses Tamblin, meaning Russ Tamblin, the actor who plays Dr. Jacoby, made the wardrobe choice himself. And it's in both the access guide and the back of Jacoby's trading card. So I'm glad to frost for the deep cut that really helps flesh out the world. Isn't that neat? <laughs> that, that is really cool. Um, also, 
he included a picture of um, Jacoby's trading card. <laughs> Does it look cool? Does he have stats? Um, I don't know if it, it's clear enough that I can see that. Let me see here. I remember when I was a kid, um, the cool thing that all the cool kids had were like superhero trading cards and they had like their power stats and we were all like, ooh, oh wait, how's Spider-Man stronger than the Hulk? What's going on around here? Oh, that... I don't know if you, you can't really see it, but there's the, there's a trading card. It says, um, it does have, uh, his nickname is Doc. His birth date is January 30th, 1934. He's an Aquarius. He likes bright colors and Hawaiian shirts. Um, he went to Puna House School in Hawaii, University of Hawaii Medical School, uh, played by Russ Tamblin, of course. Accomplishments. I placed third in the interscholastic surfing competition my senior year of high school. My research on tropical disorders remains the basis for treatment techniques of this mental ailment. Strengths, my ability to see the world through rose and aqua colored glasses, thereby balancing the right and left side of my brain. Weaknesses, inability to conform to any reality base. <laughs> oh. Wow. I think I share the same weakness as Dr. Jacoby, actually. <laughs> I do. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's those are my little notes for you. Um and then we can get started in the episode uh, where I will be s summarizing part two of Twin Peaks, The Return, also known as, let's take a look at that subtitle, The Stars Turn and a Time Presents Itself. The Stars Turn and the Time Presents Itself. Right. I got to uh, tell you, I watched this episode. So I've watched both episodes with Amanda now. And Amanda, I don't know, I don't know if she said this after this episode, but after the first one, she told me, she goes, oh, I like this one more than the original because she thinks it's less, what she says, cheesy, right? Oh, I see. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know if she said that after the second episode. I don't remember. Um, I will say for the record, I watched the second episode and then I went back and rewatched them back to back again. Oh, interesting. So you got the like the kind of full experience that, I got that. back in 2017. And I am um, I'm ready to discuss it. Well, I'm kind of glad that you did that because um, this uh, this episode set, sets up a tradition that's kind of followed through the rest of this series. And now we can kind of discuss it now that you watched them both back to back. Um, so, uh, I do have my handy dandy highlighter. Now you can see it. Let me see it. Let me click it for you. Oh, Ooh. Yeah. oh that was good. <laughs> I always imagine like the clicking the highlighters, like the starting pistol on a race. I click, click. okay, we're ready to get okay. into the episode. Um, open. We also, open. also oh. wait real quick. Um, anyone or everyone listening, including Chris and, and our friend, John, who, who tweeted at us, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we really appreciate it. Just wanted to tell you that. We, yeah, we often uh, say you can literally do anything. You could choose, you could do anything. Limited time on this planet. And if you've chosen some of it to listen to our ramblings about the television show Twin Peaks, we appreciate you. We are all rapidly aging at this exact moment. Death is hurtling towards us in a form that none of us know. And one day our bodies will die and our memory will be 
lost. There'll be less of our memory in this world than anything on earth. It will be as if we had never existed. And you chose today to listen to our podcast. Thank you so much. Well put, brother. As Thank you. Real quick before we get in, you and I don't get to catch up as much as we used to. I just want to tell you about this program we did at the library. For those of you who don't know, Eric. Speaking and I about are- death, let's talk Eric- about this program at the library. Eric and I are both librarians. And um, uh, at the library recently, we did this program for children. We took them on a mindful nature walk. So we, um, we kind of explained a little bit about mindfulness as just kind of being present in the moment, experiencing things as they happen to you and try not to think about the past, try not to think about the future, try to just live in the moment. And we went on a little nature walk and we, we said, if any like item from nature kind of speaks to you, as long as it's not like a living thing, go ahead and pick it up and put it in this pail that we gave, we gave them all little pails to carry around. These kids were like eight to 12 years old. And then, um, and then we brought them all back to the library after our walk, which was really neat. We saw a deer track. The kids were really excited about that. We saw a cool uh, butterfly. We saw a cool rock in the shape of, an, of a heart. It was really neat. We got back and then we encouraged them to make a mandala out of the items that they had found. And so the kids created this mandala design. And then I told them, all right, then now we're going to collect all the items and take them back into nature. And some of the kids were like, okay. And then some of the kids were like, wait, I just worked really hard on this and it's really cool looking and I don't want to destroy it. And I told uh-huh. them everything is temporary. Your experience on this planet is fleeting. Oh, I Your mean, memories it's... will last longer than this mandala. It's time to yeah. disassemble and take it back where it where it began um and it was it was uh it was a really cool program that's all <laughs> it sounds to... like a phenomenal program <laughs> i i lo- i love it i love I, it i love it very eric program and i was sorry that you uh, I, I feel like i conducted that program actually i feel like i was there we also some really cool birds we saw an indigo bunting which is mm. a really beautiful bird we also saw what we think was an osprey it was a really big bird but it was kind of far away from us so Anyways, that's just tales from the library for you, little bonus material. I'm gonna actually um, <laughs> at my at my library. Usually, when people come into library, I usually say something like, "Hey, um, welcome to the library. Let me know if I can help you out." My name's Eric. Now I'm gonna say, um, "Welcome. Everything's temporary, including you." <laughs> and then I'll just walk away backwards. Like I'll just walk backwards away into a <laughs> shadow somewhere. Do like a dance, like. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything's separate. Who cares what I do? Okay, I'm ready to talk about this. Did you take good notes? Because there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode. Nice notes. I don't know how good they are. We'll find out. Uh, well, I'll give you a grade at the end of this episode. Yeah, okay. Great. <laughs> Let me know if I miss something real vital. Yeah, I'm a generous teacher. I'm going to start off with a theory. Boom. Start off right there because it opens... It opens similarly to how the first part opened with this image of Laura, which kind of fades yeah. into. Is this one here, White? That's her. Oh, she's so beautiful. For our, any anyone who watches us on YouTube, Eric's doing a beautiful Laura smile. It's like I'm I'm smiling, but I'm dying inside. Well, um, I I think that's probably one of the smartest things about the show because that's what everyone's like prom kind of like senior picture everyone looks like they're smiling and dying inside yeah it's exciting (laughs) 
Um, I have a theory about the fact that every single episode includes an image of Cheryl Lee, which is the actress who plays Laura Palmer. And I don't have any evidence to back this up and no hard evidence. I'm not friends with Stephen Lynch. I wish that I were. Um, but I think he really likes Cheryl Lee as an actress. And so I think he puts her in every single episode that she, so that she'll get paid for every single episode of, of Twin Peaks. And I, my theory is backed up by something that we're going to see later in the episode. So we'll put a pin in this theory and we'll come back to it. Has she been in every episode? So far. Oh, no. Even in the original two or just the return? I'm talking about just the return. Oh, okay. So we've seen her in every episode. She's that opening with that image of her, like, is inconsequential to anything else, which is what gives me, like, some... But she... Doesn't she show up later in the episode? She does show up in this episode, yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. That is her, right? Yes, it is. Follow okay. Theory throughout the series. Okay. 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 I'm going to, f- I'm following it like a trail <laughs> of little breadcrumbs. All right. So Bill Hastings is still in jail. His wife comes to see him. She's let into the cell, which seems, uh, seems irresponsible to me. I just, <laughs> like typically people who are not under suspicion of a crime aren't like put into a cell with people who are under suspicion especially of a crime. if it's a suspicion of a crime of like cutting a woman's head off and i guess cutting a man's head off and i thought maybe dave is like doing them a favor the detective dave like they seem to all know each other so maybe he's just like hey these are my friends bill and phyllis it'll be fine um bill says that he wasn't there but he had a dream that he was. And Phyllis, his wife, says, I know about the affair. And Bill is like, yeah, well, I know about you and George and some other guy. And George is their lawyer, by the way. Um, so they've both been cheating on each other. And they knew uh, about it. And classic Phyllis, Twin Peaks. Phyllis says, you're going down, Bill. Life in prison. Which makes me think that she must have set him up um so that she could be with george who is right outside the cell like when she goes out she sees him and she's like he knows so don't walk me out um she sees george and when we see george we see mm, he is a tall glass of water this man <laughs> you like him <laughs> i don't know um, a few cells away from bill <sighs> is this figure he looks to me Wait, wait, let me try it. Are you going to do an impression of what he looks like? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a And then here, wait. <laughs> I was about to say, how's he going to do the fade away? Yeah, the guy just kind of dissolves. It's like this sooty guy. He looks like he's covered in soot to me. Like an old-timey chimney sweep. Yeah, that's what he looks like to me. Then Not only does he dissolve, his head floats away. Yeah, he dissolves into like smoke or steam or something. Um, I that I don't know. What do you think? I would love to highlight that. Um, this episode, I, I I'll be honest with you, I got nothing for that. That that is like I almost forgot that that had happened because I feel like I don't want to like I don't want to like I don't want to hype this up too much. But this is the episode that cracked the case. I solved it. I solved Twin Peaks for everyone. This is the first episode, and you're going to be like, this is guy's crazy. This is the first episode where I was like, things are connecting. 
and now we've got answers. That's okay. exactly what I said to myself. Um, suit, um, old timey chimney sweep, uh, who's in the cell? I don't have any answers about that guy. He's he's a mystery guy. So Phyllis gets home, and who is waiting for her in the shadows? Booper. It's Booper. <laughs> it's Booper, and he says he says you did good. You followed human nature perfectly. And then he shoots her with George's gun. I know. And oh, he smokes. He shot her in the holy smokes. Is that what that guy's name is? Holy smokes. <laughs> the um he shoots her in the eye, right? My first thought is that's like how um was it Ruth or Beth? What's her name? Ruth. Yeah. Librarian. Yeah, that's right. She was also she also had an eye injury. Yeah, that was my first thought. I was like, is there a connection between those two? Mm. I know, because we still don't know the whole story. So um I know, but now we know who these random people are, at least uh, partly how they're related to the rest of the story. We don't don't know the man's body yet, though, right? No, we don't. No, no, I don't. No, nothing. Sorry. That was a a false start. That's that's fine. It's a false highlight. Um, Then we, we get a new location. Las Vegas, Nevada. One of my favorite cities in the world what are you laughing about god i just i'm just thinking i i love this episode <laughs> so much i i really did and i i know i'm right at, i don't want to say this up but it might be it just might be my favorite episode of twin peaks ever i look at you i know just because the way and i, I don't <laughs> First of all, the whole scene with Bill at the beginning, phenomenal actor. He's like, there's a party, like grabs her and he like freaks out in her face. And it's so good. And she's, and you know, something's going on, but you don't know. But then this scene, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, continue. We're in Vegas. Oh, I love it. Yes, And we've got two new characters, I guess. Uh, Mr. Todd, who's sitting behind a desk and uh roger who he calls for on a phone and uh mr todd says uh tell her she has the job and he throws some cash on the desk and then roger says uh why do you let him make you do these wh- wh- why do you why do you let him m- make you do these things sir and yes. then that actor who who's the other guy mr todd no yeah. the one who's sitting down yes. his face oh expert acting he goes through like five emotions where it's this weird like incredulous you're asking me and of course it's ridiculous and oh god he's right and i need to warn this kid like it's so good this look on his face and then he and then he says because i know you wrote notes uh he he's he warns roger to <sighs> never get involved with someone never. like him whoever it is that they're working for. And we never see them again for the rest of this episode. I'll tell you right now, if we never saw them again for the rest of the season, I would be fine. Like that was such a good moment. I don't, and I'll tell you right now, I feel like I should be highlighting things, but I'll be honest. I'm going to make a promise. I'm never going to just fake a highlighter. Never. I don't know who he's talking about, what the bad guy is. I don't know who the woman with the job is. I'll have some highlights coming up. I don't know, but man, this was a, Oh, beautiful scene. Beautiful. That is really good. I've seen him and stuff before to include uh, a David Lynch movie called Mulholland Drive. Um, he's uh, He has a very memorable performance in that film. And um, I, again, this kind of like adds to my like David Lynch, when he likes you, he puts you in stuff. And when he doesn't like you, 
he doesn't put you in stuff. Um, there's a train. He puts in you the- in a drawer pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, he liked her though, didn't he? I don't know if he liked her. Maybe he didn't. He shan't have in a drawer pool. You know. Um, we see this shot of a train in the darkness, and then um, we're in a diner with Ray and Daria and uh, and Booper. Real quick, the train. Another really great moment. Um, but the it looked like it had two light, uh, two headlights. So either they fix the headlight. Or it isn't who we think it is, although it seems to be who we think it is. It looked like it had two headlights. The train? No, 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 the car. Because uh, we're looking at it from a car's perspective, aren't we? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. I was like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I went deep. No, but because remember the previous episode, it looked like Booper's car had one headlight. And now I guess he must have fixed it, you know? Good uh, for him. Well, there there is some like exchanging of cars like later mm. in the episode so maybe that has something to do with it I'm quite observant um sir uh Why, anyway. thank you thank you You're welcome ray and daria and uh and booper and some guy named jack are are in a diner they're drinking coffee uh, like, <laughs> God, I just love. This is another phenomenal scene because he's just like, really who's great. the guy's name? What's the guy who's eating? Is yeah. it? He's just like shoveling, and he's this <laughs> dirty man, and he's shoveling food. And because I love, I think that the show is at its best when you have moments where it's kind of high tension. You're like, is 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 Booper gonna just kill this guy? What's going on? And and then Ray's doing this weird like. <laughs> I'm in on, I'm in on the joke, but yeah, oh, you barely touched the three meals. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I can help you out. <laughs> you know, and then and Daria's over there just looking all creeped out. And but meanwhile, this guy's just shoveling noodles into his face. It's so good. It's a phenomenal scene. Okay, sorry. I know I'm, I'm going to be jumping in because I I love this episode. I felt like every scene was like mwah, magic. It was magic, baby. Ray, um, Ray is asking uh, Mr. C, as he knows him, about the day after tomorrow. Um, he's kind of worried. He's worried about him because he said he needed to be on his own, and he's like, "Don't worry about it. Mind your business." And he's like, "Just follow up on that info." And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna get that info you need." Ray says that, and, and Booper is like, "I don't need. Oh, so- I want." If there's yeah. one thing you need to know about me, Ray, is I don't need anything. I want. And I was like, oh, mm, so good, Ray. And Ray's like, okay. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, God. The contact that he's getting the info from is Hastings' secretary. Mm-hmm. And it's very important info that she's apparently only going to tell Ray, which Mr. C thinks is quite sus. Have we um, met her yet in the show? I don't no, think so. We no. have. Yeah. Uh, the uh, So, like, this, I feel, is, like, kind of the first scene where we have, like, an extended amount of time with the Booper character. And I remember watching this and thinking, that's not Cooper. Like, that's... That's I, the only thing about him that is Cooper esque is the fact that he is drinking coffee, um, and so was it coffee? <laughs> I was so I was thinking about this. Uh, like, what's okay? Go, here's our first episode. 
Go ahead and highlight his, I'm using quotations, coffee mug. <laughs> All right. We do, we get another creepy shot of a flashlight in the woods. You know how much I hate this. <laughs> Here, wait. I, yeah, real quick. Let's go back to the diner real quick. Oh, yeah. Quick so question. Got- Am I, because I know I'm real excited about this. I'm not cutting you off too much. No, 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 go ahead. Okay. Real quick. Um, I want you to highlight um, the way Booper moves, specifically the way he turns his head. And there's a scene where there's a part where Ray and Daria share a moment, which I know is kind of like hinting at something later on. And he sl- he does this thing here. Wait, you're going to know like this thing. Go ahead and highlight that. I got, I popped up, it jumped up at me like kapow, just like that. Okay. Okay. Um, Hawk is walking in the woods in the dark. And the log lady calls him specifically to ask where he's walking in the darkness. Like she just has a feeling that he's out there. And he um and she says the episode tie title. Cause Hawk Hawk says he's he he thinks there's something going on in the woods tonight. He's gonna check it out. And she says the stars turn and the time presents itself. Um and she tells him to stop by for coffee and pie when he's when he's through wherever he is. And where is he? Did you recognize that location? I did. She also says she wishes that she could go with him, but she mm-hmm. can't. You know, um, I did. That's the place from the season two finale, right? Hey, it's Glastonbury Grove. And it's all stinky, stinky tar, right? Stinky, uh, is stinky there's- pit oil or whatever and the whooshing there's more whooshing and we see the curtains and then we we get to spend some time in the red room with the real coop right yeah um so yeah coops in the red room go ahead and highlight coop in the red room for me got it thank you Mm, they're gonna come hard and fast because this is like oh god tess oh god and i was watching uh oh anyway just Mm, 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 mm. okay mike is there remember all caps mike he's back Uh, he asks is it future or is it past is it future or is it past i love it and then he says someone is here yeah he's talking backwards everyone is talking backwards except coop yeah Uh, and earlier in the last episode too when he was talking to the giant um, he was not talking that's, backwards either. Yeah. Um, he says someone is here and then he disappears and then Laura comes in and that is Laura. That is I that. recognized her. Yeah. 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 I recognize her. And she says, uh, she tells him, hello, Agent Cooper, you can go out now. And she does, the one thing, like, it's so creepy. It's so, like, simple, but so creepy the backwards, mm-hmm. like, how they walk and, had the blink, the backwards, the reverse blink is just so creepy. I, I feel bad for audio listeners because I know I'm like pantomiming a lot of things that you can't see, but I'm going to go. It's Did like this. Is, blink? Right here, right? It's like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm alive. There, I think I'm getting there. Right, right. Yeah. Well, she asked. She asks him if he recognized her, and he says, are you Laura Palmer? And she says that she feels like her, but sometimes her arms bend back, which is a callback mm-hmm. to the original series. Um, and she also tells him, I am dead, yet I live. And then she takes off her face. Can you highlight that, please? I'm yeah. dead, 
I am dead, but I, I am alive or whatever. Yet I live. What about taking off her face? Do you have uh, that's not important. No, go ahead and highlight that as well. Because there's like a light within when she takes her face off. And then Coop asks, when can I go? And then she goes over and she, she gives him a smooch. His face. He, he looks so happy, too. Yeah, like, it's this lovely it. moment between them. And then she whispers in his ear. Again, another callback to uh, too long ago. Um, and, and Highlight. Highlight her whispering in his ear, please. Got it. Thank you. Um, and then she starts screaming. And oh, wait, she has wait. a great scream. And... <laughs> <laughs> ascends that is wow that's exactly what it looks like it is isn't it like she goes like that's like i'm not gonna scream because i don't want to freak everyone out in my house but this is the she goes like that she goes she goes and then and then coop is looking up he goes like this like <laughs> he's just like laid him back in his chair and she's like and the camera's going by the way this episode had um at least uh, several very cool um visual um effects like very very cool and unique that i've never seen before and this was one of them like this kind of freaking out and then not to cut you off and then it like rips her out of the scene like it's like she's gone he's gone and we see wind in the oh do you have something else to say just highlight her getting ripped out of the scene okay yeah see this is why i don't give fake highlights i save them for the good ones the wind billows and then we see a friend we see that, that white horse. That I never thought we would see again. <laughs> I'm not too sure about the horse. I don't think I've got a real highlight for it. Other than I'm happy to see it back, you know? <laughs> and then we see Mike again. Um, and he motions for Coop to follow him. And Coop follows him. Can you highlight the billowing curtains and yeah. the darkness behind it? Yeah. And I suppose, I guess this probably roops into the horse in a way. Um, okay. Yeah. Your whole page is just sopping wet with highlighter. <laughs> ah. And then, um, so they go down a hallway mm-hmm. and we meet a new character. The evolution of the arm. And Mm-mm-mm. so the, you know, remember I was telling you, like, if David Lynch likes you, he puts you in stuff. And if he doesn't like you, he doesn't put you in stuff. Um, someone we haven't seen in the, the Red Room is the little man. And is this, this is the little man now. This is what he looks like. Highlight, um, highlight lightning tree. <laughs> lightning tree you got it because i th- i think you're right um but uh, yeah, okay yeah maybe i mean they're, they're saying the same things that's for sure okay. yeah right yeah. um so yeah i am the arm and i sound like this sound like electricity basically um Here yeah we- and it looks like a tree like an electric <laughs> it looks like an electric tree, tree with like a like a like, like a, a- like a brain on top. An old cantaloupe with a little mouth on it. Um, <laughs> go ahead and highlight. Well, I told you highlight electric tree. Um, yeah. Now circle highlight electric tree. <laughs> okay. 
Oh man, this is this is when I was like the answers. They're coming hard and fast, baby. Oh god, this episode. Oh my god. When I when oh. we turned the corner and we saw this beautiful, beautiful electric talking tree, and I was like, oh, we did it. We finally we came <laughs> home, man. <laughs> um. Then he he asked the the evolution of the arm asks did do you remember your doppelganger um and we get a flashback to season two finale where there was a, a black lodge version of coop and and uh the arm says he must come back in before you can go out mm-hmm. and then a uh, nice transition right to mr c yeah. uh who is Coop's doppelganger. Can you highlight um, Mr. C slash Coop's doppelganger? Because I think there's an assumption I've made about Booper that okay. I don't think is completely accurate. I could be wrong, but okay. um, just something I have to go back and maybe clarify. But yeah, there's Mr. C. Yeah, he's, and then this is that exchanging cars scene that I yeah. alluded to earlier. Um, and, then, and then he just, he takes Jack's face like brilliant it's so good it's so good he starts squishing it and i guess later do we assume jack dies right yeah we can assume that because the next scene there's a thunderstorm and uh booper is pulled up to the hotel and daria's in her underwear and she's talking on the phone to somebody and she's like oh i gotta gotta go he's here um and then he comes in. She's like, hey, baby, in her underwear. So I, I believe in the last episode, you had predicted that Daria and Ray were like Booper's children. But I think I, I, I hopefully this cements to you that that is not. Well, case. I don't think they are. This is going to be funny. Not necessarily because of Daria and Booper's relationship, but more the way Ray reacted to Booper at the diner. It doesn't feel like. <laughs> It felt a little, I don't know, but um, no, I don't think they are anymore. I think they must just travel in the same groups, maybe, you know? Yeah, well, she he, he wants to know who she was talking to. She claims that she was talking to Jack on the phone. Um, and he says that he was supposed to meet Ray, but Ray never showed. Um, then he asked where her gun is, and he asked to borrow her gun. Um, and then, uh, then they're in bed kind of cuddling and then he's like by the way i killed jack and then he plays a recording for her and it's her and ray on the phone it's the phone call that we just saw her hang up with ray how did he do that Mm. how did he get that recording i don't know um i i wonder if it's just another case of like technology works differently in the david lynch cinematic universe <laughs> how would wait let's let's talk this through what if he just like had that phone tapped or something is that possible i don't know how technology works i don't know how technology works either but i feel like you would have to like i don't know be somewhere to get that recording to then i don't know does it get like uploaded to the cloud it's a hotel <laughs> phone he does have he does have like FBI technology, right? Yeah, I guess later so. I'm assuming that's like Cooper's old gear, right? Yeah, old gear though from like the '90s. But he's still maybe the FBI doesn't know he's not Cooper. Like he's like, yeah, I'm still on the case, you know. I mean, who knows? He could be impersonating Cooper. He's like, yeah, my face is filthy and I haven't combed my hair. 
I'm on a case. I'm working a case. I'm on a case. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Ray got a call from Jeffries. And, uh, and I, I, you'll be proud of me. I recognize that name. I right away. I recognize that name right away. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. Um, She is supposed to kill Cooper or Booper, I guess. And and Booper wants to know who hired you and Ray to kill me. Um, And he questions if Ray is really because Ray is apparently in jail. That's why he never met up with Booper for crossing state lines with a gun or something and Booper's like hmm that doesn't sound right to me (laughs) he says this is an interesting this is interesting to think about a game begins (laughs) just like his Sherlock Holmes moment of the episode (laughs) um so Daria doesn't tell him. She doesn't know who hired them, um, but she said that they were supposed to split a million, her and Ray, to kill Booper. Um, and uh, uh, Booper is, I guess he he shares that he was supposed to go to the go back to the Black Lodge tomorrow, but he's got a plan for that. Um, he asked if Hastings' secretary uh, gave the coordinates to write so that's apparently the information he was seeking is some kind of coordinates and he then oh this is such a chilling moment he shows daria a playing card with uh this very ominous image on it and he says this is what i want and not not what he needs (laughs) what he wants what he wants we know we know that booper does not need anything now we don't know like from previous Twin Peaks knowledge, like what that silhouette is, right? Because it no. looks very familiar to does me. It? it does. It looks very familiar. I feel like I know it. What does it look like to you? Well, to me, it looks like it? A, an impish, an impish gesture silhouette. You know, and I think I know what it is. Go ahead and highlight it for me. Okay. Because that's um, what he's after, right? Yep. And that, and then he kills Daria. Uh, he places a pillow over her head and shoots her, which, by the way, would not muffle that gunshot. <laughs> I, I uh, unfortunately, I guess, have spent some time uh, with my beloved husband, Brett, at the gun range because he loves to shoot guns, um, which is not unfortunate, like, I, I don't really have a problem with guns, but it has ruined like every action movie for me now because guns, let me tell you something about guns. They are loud. They are very, very loud. And if you just put a pillow over it, that's not going to muffle. <laughs> like everyone in that hotel is going to hear it and they're going to be like, what the heck just happened? Well, like he put a pillow over it and then he like walked out later. Like, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, that's just like a like a petty like on like I remember I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier and there's a particularly action-packed scene in which somebody shoots a gun uh, like next to somebody's head as like a warning and I was like everyone in that room would have tinnitus now and like it that guy would be in agony like there's no way he's getting you're not getting any information out of him now you were trying to scare him like (laughs) mission accomplished but now like Nobody in this room can hear, so that's not going to work. <laughs> Anyways, that's just my little petty moment. Of, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, he he exits the the hotel room. Oh no, wait! Now he gets his briefcase out. <laughs> See this this scene is like the gift that keeps giving because you're like, we got this <laughs> excellent part with Daria, and it just kind of keeps going. And he's like, let me it get does. out the briefcase. He, yeah, he, it's so he good. Goes to the bathroom and gets his briefcase. I'm not sure why I was in the bathroom. It doesn't really matter. And apparently the technology in there was uh, some sort of radio and he he's he's thinks he's talking to Philip on the radio, which we know the only Philip that we really know is Philip Jeffries. Maybe he thinks he's talking and he says, you met with Garland Briggs. And um, we know that person. Yeah. And whoever's on the other end of this radio, whether it is Phil Jeffries or not, um, says, you're going back in and I will be with Bob again. And, and then that's what, Coop, that's what Booper said, right? Yes. Yeah. No, wait. Yeah. Are you getting mixed up? I thought that Jeffrey says that. Did Jeffrey say that? I'll be with I Bob again. Jeffrey says that. Oh, no. I didn't take good notes. It now, sounds... you know, I'm, oh, I'm not going to get a good grade. Oh on man. Stuff, you're going to have to get extra credit. Maybe the, um, <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's Jeffries who says, I'll, one of them says I'll be with Bob again. Yeah. And then, um, and then he like brings up this computer. He's got an FBI login. And he, <laughs> he, gets, <laughs> he gets like, he downloads blueprints to the Yankton federal prison where I guess that's where Ray is now. Um, and then he goes next door. He like leaves the room. He goes next door to meet with Chantal. Have we met Chantal before? We've never met her before. Good question about Jeffries. Jeffries, who was the person he was shouting about in the movie? Judy. Judy. We're not going to talk about Judy. We're not going to talk about Judy. Um, Mm, no, I don't got anything there. I was just—I okay. thought I thought something linked up for a second there. Oh, go Fair. ahead and highlight um, um, Philip Jeffers. Okay. And um, Major Briggs for me, please. Thank you. You got it. Chantel. Um, oh, Chantel. He tells her that she, she loves she loves her Cheetos and beer, doesn't she? <laughs> Chantel loves her Cheetos and beer. And I'm not judging her. No, uh, no, not at all. That's a uh, fact story Friday. That sounds like a delicious comedy. I mean, may- maybe keep the, well, I don't want to tell you keep the room a little bit tidier, but I mean, food on the floor. I mean, I, I don't know, man. Well, uh, he does tell her she needs to clean up and she needs to get her husband Hutch. Mm-hmm. He's got a job for them. She's like, okay, boss. So she works for him. And, uh, oh. I, I was wondering if you were going to get to this. She like does this, uh, she presents for him, right? She's got, what is it? A gun in one hand and a beer in the other. And she puts them up and just kind of like uh, puts on a little show. And, and yeah. guess, I, I don't remember. What is What does he say? Can you don't please say it? You have to. I'm so sorry. What does he say? He says, oh, you're nice and wet. <laughs> it was probably because she spilled some beer down her front, actually. That's, That's probably, probably what, it was. what it was. That's what it got to be. He is... Um, uh um no this isn't a highlight this but um he's got some uh effect on the women around him doesn't he 
<laughs> yeah, right? I guess he does. I yeah. mean, it's interesting, right? Like Adaria is like into him. Chantel's into him. It's, it's like a, it's, it's almost like a James Bond thing. He, I mean, he kind of is, right? Yeah. Man, a few words. They're like touching his chest and stuff, and you know, the game is afoot or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the arm again. Set, he says two five three time and time again bob 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 go now and then we've got this like sequence of him coop like running down hallways and into rooms we see leland oh so good yeah we see leland leland says for coop to find laura mm-hmm. which is interesting chris met that guy he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably <laughs> other people from Twin Peaks too, but I remember seeing that picture. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Weiss, the yeah. very talented actor who plays uh-huh. Leland. He still has a good crying face. Top notch. Top notch in the biz. Him and Will Smith, right up there. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew Lillard. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. really good crying faces. Really good actors. Um, uh, Mike uh, says something's wrong, and the arm says, it's his doppelganger. It's my doppelganger. And then yeah. um, Coop so, is like running and go go ahead. Real quick. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, at this point, so remember the arm, if that's what they're calling the, the thing. Yeah. The uh-huh. evolution of the arm. The yeah. evolution of the arm. The, um, he said, remember your doppelganger, right? And then yeah. what, did the, what did he just say? He my... Said, there's my, something wrong. My doppelganger. My okay. So at this point, I was like, I was like, okay, we got this electric tree. I'm, I'm loving this. Please, let there be an evil electric tree. Please, mighty gods, all the gods that exist in this world, let there be an evil electric tree. Kaboom! And there was. Oh God. <laughs> My my little heart could barely because the camera zooms all in on that statue and you're like, what's going on with that statue? You know, and Coop is like walking down the hallway and does he does he see Booper in the car first? Yeah, he yeah. sees Booper yeah. in the car first. Mm-hmm. He opens the curtain and he sees Booper driving down a highway, but then the doppelganger attacks the arms doppelganger, <sighs> and it says non-existent. And then Coop is falling. He like falls through cracks in the floor. He's falling. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do that, the the what's the pattern? Chevron? Chevron? Yes, what's it called? The Chevron pattern. It starts floor. the black and the white is like kind of it looked like it was one piece. And now the pieces are coming up and down. And there's like a liquid kind of pouring out of them, right? And you're like, what's going on with this liquid? Do me a favor highlight the flooring and then highlight that liquid and then double circle does it what what is the what is the arms the evil arms say non-existent or non-existence non-existent yeah non-existent go ahead and circle that because i think that word is the key uh, to everything okay Mm. um so he's falling and then he floats he floats through that tunnel into the glass box. Wait, before he gets in the glass box, is he doing that thing where there's like blackness everywhere, yes. right? And he's like, yeah. he's like falling or moving at incredible speeds. Like we're talking faster, like light is a snail compared to his speed. And he ends up in the box. Now I got to tell you, I was scared. 
He showed up in the box. So you know what I thought was going to happen, right? What did you think? Ha- what did you think was going to happen? What did I think was going to happen when Coop the showed up in the box? Female figure would show up. I thought that the F three. I thought the F three was Coop, the faceless female figure. Oh. I was really worried. Um, but so he shows up. But it's so funny. So what's this guy? What's that guy's name? Um, what guy? What, the guy who 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 was watching the box. Yeah, what's his name? It's Sam. So Sam's like, my job is to watch this box, and I'm gonna watch it for days. I'm just gonna leave for one second. Oh, there's a man in the box, <laughs> and I'm gonna come back, and oh, the man's gone. It's like you had one job, he left. Yeah, and, because and, we find out that this is occurring. Yes. Uh, when Sam was checking the bathroom for the mm. security guard, which is a whole scene that we saw in the first episode. So good. I love that. Um, the... Little did we know, as that was happening, Coop was in the next room. And he's kind of floating around. Like, he's like... Yep. But then... then... Oh. I'll go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. We're doing the same thing. Say, then there's, like, a rumbling and a creaking. And then, he, then he's falling again. He's like falling through space this is another really cool effect where it kind of it looks like there's multiple like i think they do it with like lights perhaps in the box where it goes do you remember that yeah yeah almost like it's expanding and then expanding or like a like a fun house type situation where mirrors are giving the illusion of depth almost like um um i don't know the name of those cameras but the special camera they use to film pinocchio do you know what i'm talking about where it's, it's like a special camera. Yeah, I know. You're like, what the hell is this guy talking about? It's like um, they had a special camera where they were able to put, um, like, let's say here's the bushes and then here's the thing behind the bushes and then okay. here's the thing behind. And so that way they can move all those panels at the same time to give the illusion of like a camera moving down into a city. And uh, that's what it made me think of, like separate panels. Or, or um, when you um, uh, have a specimen of like a butterfly and you can segment it. That's what it made me think of. But then anyway, Coop gets sucked out and he's flying at incredible speeds again. Again, yeah. Um, and then we see a familiar house. We see the Palmer house and yes. Sarah is inside, Laura's mom. And she's she's smoking and drinking and watching lions eat a buffalo on her television. They're, they're watching a lion like eat a buffalo's face. Yeah. And, and oh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say in the mirrors behind her, it looks like it looks as if there's just lions eating buffaloes. Yeah. All around her building. I was going to say it's like the to add to the creepiness factor, like as you're looking at her, you're seeing it reflected in the mirrors behind her. Um, so that's what Sarah Palmer's up to. I think days. I've got the horse figured out. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I just Whoa. got it. Whoa. All the pieces are coming together. Highlight that horse and highlight Sarah Palmer, please. Right. Remind me, the only other time we've seen the horse, who saw the horse? I think it was Sarah Palmer. Did Sarah Palmer see the horse? She might have. I think she was the one who saw the horse. Should we be Googling this real quick? Does it matter? I mean, for this theory, it does, but that's okay. Oh, it does. Do you want me to look it up? Uh, yeah. I just want to know who saw the horse in the original Twin Peaks. Here, wait. Here, while we're waiting, I'll put some music on. Is it some jazz flute? This is Googling music. Oh. Do you hear it? <laughs> I do. You tell me when you're there. Uh, 
This is like intermission music. Like, okay, so get you might want to get your popcorn now because we're googling. <laughs> okay, this is hard because there's like there's like spoilers and stuff. So I'm trying uh, to like narrow mm -hmm. it down to. Okay, the, don't worry about it. We're just gonna me. we're gonna run with the assumption that it was Sarah. I think it was Sarah. Right now. Poor Chris is screaming into his mic. It's not Sarah. <laughs> Listen, I'm the winner. <laughs> I, know, like, I, would, I would just like to. All right, fine. We're just moving on. Yeah. But I would like. Uh, I would just like to state for the record that it's Eric who calls me a super fan. I did not call myself a super. Fan. I just really <laughs> love the television show Twin Peaks. I've been. We are I, about I, to. We mentioned I, this before. You and I. I we're, we are going to get Twin Peaks tattoos. We're getting something. matching Twin Peaks tattoos as the when this podcast is over, the culmination is going to be etched into our skins, which is also only temporary. Yeah, oh, um, our skin is our skin is less temporary than this window. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, you know, like when you go to get a tattoo, they're always like, "Are you sure it's permanent?" And you're like, "Yeah, that's what you think." Yeah, um, nothing's permanent. Get out of here. Are you kidding me? Nothing's permanent. And I throw myself out a window. <laughs> we see the roadhouse. The uh, ye old bang bang bar. The roadhouse is now apparently a hipster club. They're, uh, the chromatics are performing. They're singing a song called Shadow. I've been listening um, to a lot of chromatics lately, by the way. Really? They got a lot really? of Really? Was it because of this episode? It was because of this episode. Because I enjoyed nice. it that much. I was like, let me look up more chromatics. And I was like, you know, this is good. I, when I was listening to them um, in this episode, I thought to myself, I bet that Eric will really like this group. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, I wonder if we could put her in um, Move Over Boys. The... Um, <laughs> the <laughs> the girl group that you... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm working on an album featuring um, Lady Gaga, um, Ariana Grande, um, Christina Aguilera, Cardi B. Um, <laughs> just all the great female Taylor artists. Swift. But uh, why, why not the chromatics in there? <laughs> I honestly... Oh, oh, um, Charlie XCX. Are you yeah. familiar? I've just recently got... In, thank yeah. you. I've just recently got into Charlie. Ooh, man, so good. Um, but anyway, chromatics music, real quick. Um, not great for rock wall climbing, um, but it is good for like slow saunters in the dark, you know, mm -hmm. or sitting in the dark, or like any kind of solitary type of experience. We are being very introspective. Mm, perfect, you know. Yeah. I, if I listen to chromatics when I'm rock wall climbing, if I'm climbing on a wall, I just get halfway up and I'm like. Why am what's I doing this? <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the point? That's exactly what I do. I get halfway up. I go, what am I even doing? So I'm like, let me put something else on. And that's what I do. But chromatics, if you're listening, I love you guys. You guys are great. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. So many chef kisses. <laughs> I, this is, I think this is the most chef kisses I've given in, in a single episode. I mean, this one really, Tess, once the evil tree showed up, I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted from a tv show it's everything about, i've ever wanted how about shelly and her friends doing shots and then james and some british guy wearing a green glove walk in wait a second okay <laughs> here's the thing this is a fun revelation for me i recognize james yeah 
good for you. But the old female facial blindness must have kicked in. I didn't recognize Shelly. Shelly Shelly is, um, she's talking to her friends and Mm -hmm. she's saying that her daughter, Becky, shouldn't be with Steven. And they're like, oh no, everybody loves Steven. So um, since you didn't recognize her, that was Shelly from the original series. And she has a daughter named Becky. Um, who Becky. Is with, who is with some guy named Steven and Shelly disapproves. Who's... Um, and Shelly should know about how to pick a guy um, or how not to pick a guy, I guess we should say. Um, but uh, James, um, he's looking over at Shelly and her friends. He seems to be like maybe fixated on uh, one of Shelly's friends in particular. Um, and they're like, is he okay? And Shelly's like, yeah, he's just kind of quiet because he was in a motorcycle accident, which tracks because we know that James uh, is a biker and um, we know that uh, motorcycle accidents can be quite traumatic. My mom calls them morgue cycles um, or donor cycles. Uh, My mom's a former uh, emergency room nurse, so she knows of what she speaks of when she speaks disapprovingly of motorcycles um and then Shelly says what is probably my least favorite line in all of the return which is James is cool he's always been cool you know what's so funny I know you don't like James I saw James come back and I was like because I I don't know I knew some people would come back but I guess I just haven't had that much time to think about it and so when like, james showed, like exactly who would who would be showing i didn't up. know for sure i didn't know i didn't expect laura to show up that was a big surprise for me or or leland or leland yeah 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 um but then james showed up and i thought to myself you know what james is cool james. <laughs> and james he's always been cool um there's another guy at the bar who Shelly kind of makes eye contact with the audience, does like finger guns. So, you know, he's a cool guy, whoever he is. He's real cool. Um, Eric, did you recognize anyone behind the bar? Uh, I did. Um, the bartender, right? Is a Renault. Yeah, or that's what I said. You know what's so funny? Who played a Renault in the past. Is that now? Is that actor still? Is that character still alive? I mean, we'll find out a little bit more. Uh, uh, I think if we don't, I'll just tell you what I've like gathered from various okay. sources on well, the internet. But I it did, is the same actor, if nothing else. I did recognize him, but then I was like, I was trying to remember that character. I was like, did that character die? I don't, yes. Is he the one that um, Leland killed um, with the pillow? It might have been. Oh, look at us. Look at us forgetting things. Oh, my goodness. I at least have an excuse, man. I think all of the Renaults that we met in the original series have Mm. passed away. But, and yet, (laughs) this guy looks exactly like... I actually, I should give credit to Amanda because um, I don't think I would have noticed him if it wasn't for Amanda. Because Amanda said, she said, that man has the biggest head I've ever seen, is what she said. And I was like, looked, and I was like, I know that man. Classic I, Amanda, by the way. I know. I know. I <laughs> she know. She tells that, it like it is. I know that man's big head. There it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then the credits roll over the musical performance, which is, as I was alluding to, the, the tradition of like these episodes tend to end with a performance at the Roadhouse. And this is like the first one that we get to experience. Also, I just wanted to point out something in the credits. Um, this episode is dedicated to the memory of Frank Silva, who is the actor who played Bob, um, who uh, sadly no longer with us. And I don't think I mentioned it in the first episode during the credits for that episode. Um, it was dedicated to the memory of Catherine Coulson, who is the actress who plays the log lady. So she passed away shortly after the filming of this series. Um, and that is the end of the episode. Do you want to like swing right into the mysteries? <laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> this episode, Tess, this this beautiful episode okay where are we at with the highlighters i hope okay, i the first the first thing you had me highlight was um booper and him drinking what i thought was coffee but you have another theory well i was like if he is coop's doppelganger right and maybe he's more than a doppelganger maybe he's more like a and he, so I, I don't even know how to do this it, okay, i'm just gonna this is free form right okay it's free form oh god give me one second okay first of all if he's opposite cooper i don't think it's coffee i think this boy's drinking tea i'm <laughs> saying it right out there yeah why not yeah he's drinking a nice hard black tea he said give me the hardest tea you got what about um his how he moves his head okay so let me take a few steps back <sighs> okay the lodge I think is another dimension as in like another plane of existence to us. It could seem as if it's an afterlife to the people that live there. It's not an afterlife. That is their life. And to us, the place in the lodge and the red room that connects our world to theirs may seem like a dream, but to them, our world seems like a dream. And I think Booper, the way he moves his body and turns his head is very similar to how Cooper moves his body and turns his head when he is in the red room. So I think for Booper, who I think is a creature from this other dimension in our world, I think it's almost like a dream for him. Mm, gotcha. Mm, very interesting. Thank you. Um, you had something to say about Coop in the red room? Coop, oh yes, okay. I think to Cooper, this is exactly the same as, remember when he went to the Red Room in, in Twin Peaks? I think yeah. this is the same exact continuation. So you know how he looked older? Yeah. I think he was supposed to be whatever age Kyle McLaughlin is now. See what I mean? So yeah. I think the Red Room, when when Mike was like, is this past or future? In this other dimension, and even in the even in the doorways that connect these two dimensions, um, uh, uh, the red room that connect the next place, time. What does it mean? It doesn't matter. It's here. It's there. It's upside down. It's backwards. And so I think um, it's exactly the same. To Coop, it feels as if 
either no time has passed or all the time has passed at the same time. Gotcha. Um, you told me to highlight Laura. Mm -hmm. um, a few things about her. Uh, I guess we'll start with I am dead yet I live. So this is the thing. Laura did die, but in this other dimension, she's alive because to us, it may seem like an afterlife, but I think creatures live and die in that place that we think is an afterlife, just like people live and die in our dimension. So I think she's alive and dead. Now, this is the kicker. I think this other dimension, the Black Lodge, the White Lodge, whatever's going on, I think it's a parallel dimension to our own. And I think our characters have parallel versions of themselves in this other dimension. Or another word, doppelgangers. And I think Laura did die, but I think the Laura that we see is Laura's doppelganger who happens to look like Laura. Okay. Are you with me? I am with you. And okay. is that why she says that she feels like her but sometimes her arms bend back. So she doesn't like come right out and say, yeah, it's me, Laura. Yeah, yeah, because she feels like her. And maybe her arms bend back just because, you know, sometimes they bend back. Or maybe she's moving backwards in a weird way or something. But I think just like we, I think just like we're looking at the creatures from this other dimension and being like, I'm really confused. I think they sometimes look at us and are very confused. So creatures from this other dimension, Cream Corn Kid, right? Um, Happy Gilmore's grandmother, um uh the guy with the stick with the big pointy nose that one hobo guy who did this a couple times right all these people yeah. bob probably mike i think these i would count them all as extra dimensional beings um oh probably um probably what's her name judy uh-huh we Thank don't talk did. about judy do not <laughs> talk about judy um, and the woman who um, speaks to Laura at the end of Fire Walks With Me, right? Which one? The, the angel? Yeah, the angel. Because we had never seen her before, right? Right. And we haven't seen her since. So I think these are all dimensional creatures from the other side. And I think some of them, not all of them, are doppelgangers of our characters that we do know so i think laura's doppelganger is the laura that looks that coop's been meeting in the other dimension i think sometimes doppelgangers like you can pass memory like you can become one in the same person and sometimes they're two separate people and it happens sometimes okay that's where i'm at okay um uh something about her taking her face off and the light within so this extra dimension i think just like in the real world you got good people and you got bad people and really if you learn to look beyond the board like Coop is trying to do is that you realize these are just labels but I think Laura is a being a being of pure light she takes her face off and she's pure light but I like and this is probably a hopeful part of me as I like to imagine that all of us are filled with that same amount of light and I think it's almost like it's less it's less being like oh I need to be like my doppelganger or this being of light and more of being like I was them the whole time. And I think when Cooper has premonitions or Cooper has these kind of like magical kind of moments, I think it's him accessing that light from within that he shares with his doppelganger. And actually I'm going to change my theory a little bit. I think there's two other, I think there's three dimensions going on here. Earth, Black Lodge, 
and White Lodge. And so I think every character, every person has two versions of three versions of themselves, Earth version, Black Lodge and White Lodge. And I think Coop sometimes taps into the White Lodge and I'll save this for later. I know who his doppelganger. I know who both of his doppelgangers are. Okay, let's continue. You know who both of Coop's doppelgangers are? I do. So there's three Coopers. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, whispering in Coop's ear. What did Laura whisper in her ear? So this is what's going on. Mike is talking to her. So so they're in the red room, which is a, a space that bridges our dimension to the other one, right? I think there's a greater dimension that's even... So I think... I know this is like, what's Erica? So I'll be honest with you. I've been thinking about this a lot and I've been having a hard time putting it all together, but now I'm putting it all together right on the podcast. <laughs> I'm upping my number of dimensions. Oh, four now. Okay. Four. Okay, you ready? Okay. The real world as depicted on the show Twin Peaks. Okay. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes, I the do. One, I see. Thank you. The White Lodge, the Black Lodge, and finish my sentence, please. The actual real world thank that you. we're living in right now. Thank you. So Mike, thank you. Mike belongs, Mike is a character from either the White or Black Lodge, some kind of other dimension. And he was like, someone's here. And the reason he said that is because Laura showed up. And I think Laura might be able to traverse all of the dimensions, certainly has a knowledge of our dimension. When I say our, I mean like our real world, the world that encompasses David Lynch. By the way, I know who his doppelganger is. Because just I know, wait for it. Because just like Cooper has doppelgangers, right? Okay. Here. Put a pin, do me a favor, put a pin in Cooper's doppelgangers because this is all coming together. I've solved, I've I've cracked the case. I've cracked the case. Put a pin in it and I'll get to it later. Okay. What I think she is, I think Laura's doppelganger or this character with the light that came out of her face, I think she has knowledge of all the dimensions, including our own. And you know what she whispered to Coop? What? I think she went up to Coop's ear and she whispered. She said, everything is temporary. (laughs) We are in a TV show called Twin Peaks created by a man called David Lynch. I really do think that's what she said because he he doesn't go like, oh, wow. Or he goes, oh. And then what happens after she reveals this cosmic knowledge? Like torn away. She gets torn away. And I think that was David Lynch tearing her out of the episode. What power does he have? He has all the power because he invented the world, Twin Peaks. He invented, thank you. He invented the world of Twin Peaks. Okay. He invented all the lodges. So so David Lynch, who exists in our universe, is like the god of the real world as portrayed in the television show Twin Peaks. Thousand percent. This is a theory. This is so silly. This is a theory I've had for a long time. This is a theory I've had for a long time. And this was like, this is why I was like, I feel like the answers, they are a coming baby. Because think of it this way, Tess. Let's say I'm sitting down and I'm writing, I don't know, uh, some fan fiction about, I don't know, Game of Thrones or something. I'm the god of that fan fiction, right? Yeah. I can make Jamie throw himself off a cliff. Yeah. And then I can go take um, uh, Nettered Stark and bring him back to life. (laughs) <laughs> I, I get I get Carl Drogo and put him on a road trip together, you know, make him dance. I could make him do whatever I want. Eat a bunch of rocks. Nedder Stark ate a bunch of rocks. I did that. 
the god of that paper. So I think I think David Lynch that exists in our world is the god of that world because he's literally the creator. Him and, and here's the deal. Mark Frost, if you're listening, hey, you know, you guys together, I don't know. One's one hand, one's the other, but you know what I mean? The creative people. And I think she revealed a cosmic secret she should not have revealed and got yanked out. And that's why it snapped right back to Mike because Mike isn't even a part of this. This is beyond Mike. This is beyond the Red Room. And I, we're going to get there. This is beyond the electric tree. Okay. Okay. All Let's right. Take, okay. You keeping me on track? Yeah. What's the next yeah, one? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. She screams as she ascends. Is mm. that like as she's being ripped out by David Lynch yep. for revealing the secret that they're on a television show? Mm -hmm. um the wind in the curtains thank you the wind in the curtain this is why i love and the, the show the darkness behind the, the white horse and the horse i got the horse too so this is it um i think that's uh, the reason i love the show is it's so much i think it's i know the whole thing is like we're trying to come up with theories and all this but i think it's less about i've said this before less about understanding and just less about feeling in these red curtains just like billowing in front of this blackness and that's the blackness is nothing. And the red is all that there is. And then we see this horse. Who is the horse? I mean, I've I I don't know who the horse is. I've had a theory in the past that the horse represents death, but because I oh, Tess. Wh whoever saw the horse saw oh, it when oh. there was death. No, oh, okay. Tess. Oh, oh Tess. horse, I'm a child. What, Tess, oh. what am I missing? <laughs> I think that horse is none other than Sarah Palmer's doppelganger. Oh. Because why would why would the doppelgangers even have to look like humans? I think they she's wouldn't. the only one. Uh, yeah, I think she's the only one you've seen. And we know that Sarah has exhibited some kind of like psychic magical powers. So I think anyone who's exhibited some kind of extra powery kind of knowledge, I think has a doppelganger that we may or may not have seen on the show. And I think that horse is Sarah's because right after that scene, who do we see? We see um, right after that scene, we see Sarah. Yeah. No, right after that scene, that specific scene, we see the arm, the electric. Oh, well, what about after that? <laughs> well, then after that is that scene in where Mr. C kills Dark. What about after that, though? After that, though, we see Sarah Palmer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go back. Let's go to the arm. Oh, my God. Okay, beautiful all right. Arm. You ready to talk about the arm? Here's the deal. You know how much I love trees. As much as I love trees, I didn't think it looked like a tree at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I thought it looked like? What, what did it look like to you? Because I know it looked like the same thing to you, right? What did it look like to you? What did it look like? To I me, thought it... Go ahead. what were you going to say? I was going to say, I thought it looked like a tree. I, I, even wrote, I even wrote tree question mark in my notes. <laughs> I, think, I think that tree is like a giant, um, first thing I thought it looked like a neuron firing, like in a brain, like okay. electrical neurons, sparks. Pss, 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 pss. And then um, Mike says, what, behold the evolution of the arm, right? Yeah. So I think this tree is either part of the White Lodge or the Black Lodge, it's something, right? But it's, it's the God of one of these dimensions. And this God represents life right? Okay. And I think when it says it's the evolution of the arm, remember I had a theory that like um, all these dimensional creatures are parts of the 
something bigger. Yeah. Do you remember this? And I said, maybe you the little, that. thank you. Maybe the little man is the arm and maybe this other person's like the leg. But of course, if we're dealing with multiple dimensions where Sarah Palmer's um, doppelganger is a horse, you know, who's to say one is an arm and one's a leg. They may just mean like, I'm the arm as in I'm the one who does things like I'm the one of action. Right. And I think all the creatures, all the dimensional creatures that we've met so far are part of this of this neuron of this big firing thing that they call the arm. And I think it represents um, life. Now, I think there are other doppelgangers out there that do not represent life that are bad. And I think one of them is inside Cooper's physical body right now. And I've been running under the assumption that it was Bob for a long time, but now I'm not too sure. And I think it might be another Cooper um, that is, um, uh, is an evil one that's inside his body. So there's an a, an evil version of Cooper inside of the the booper that mm. we're seeing, and then there's another one that's in the lodge trying to get out. Okay, so this is what I think is going on. I don't think this whole time I've been under the assumption that someone is inside Cooper's body, right? I think I'm wrong. I think someone who looks exactly like Cooper left the dimension. So I don't think it's a mind thing. I think he physically came out. It's physically another person. It's another Cooper who looks just like Cooper. And and Cooper is physically in the red place. Like he's mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. And because, and what made me think of that is when Coop pulls back those curtains and looks down, I was like, cause I was thinking it's like, oh, maybe he, he needs to have a battle of like wills, right? And I need to get my body back. And I was like, wait, maybe he could just, Maybe we could just have two coops, right, in the real world, the Twin Peaks real world. Who's to say we can't? And then I was like, well, maybe it's something separate. So here's all of our doppelgangers. You ready for this? I'm ready. We've got four coopers on the table. Number one is um, Agent Dale Cooper, inhabitant of the Twin Peaks universe. Another one is Kyle McLaughlin, right? Inhabitant of our universe. Yep. The real universe. The real universe. I think the other one is either an evil Cooper from the Dark Lodge or this, and I actually like this a lot. Maybe it is Bob. And this whole time, Bob has been the opposite of Dale. I like that a lot, you know, like the whole time. Because I was like, what's the, remember, I've talked about this for, for years. What's the connection between these two MFers? What's going on? Maybe they are the same, like they don't physically look the same. Because if Sarah Palmer is doppelganger is a horse, you know, maybe they don't physically look the same, but they're the they're each other's um, doppelgangers of these two universes. And then here it is, Coop's White Lodge doppelganger, who we've yet to meet, who we have met, and who is helping Coop by telling him to listen to sounds. The giant. I think the giant is his white lodge doppelganger because he's been helping him out this whole time right look at you i really do i really do because he's been helping him. he took his ring he gave him advice in the original show right that's true told him the owls are not what they seem you're gonna see a bag smiling i think it's it's good it, it, they are all the same being now i think where this is going if i'm making predictions we are gonna see Bob slash Booper slash Bad Cooper. We will see the Giant slash Light Cooper. We will see 
Cooper, and we will see Kyle McLaughlin. The whole point, they will form some being beyond all existence, a being that is even beyond the God of that universe, David Lynch. That's what I think is going to happen. Wow. I mean, that's really an interesting theory. I really, really love the idea of four Coopers. Mm. I really love that idea. Mm. I, I loved it when it was three, but then I, <laughs> I really loved it when you added in a fourth one. Whew. Yes. This theory is... Mwah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so if we're to move further, <laughs> if the if the tree represents life, and he said, look out. So if everything has a doppelganger, even the tree does, the god of that lodge. So then the god of the Black Lodge, what does it represent? It told us. What does it represent? Non-existence. Non-existence? It, it said its name right there. Non-existence. So then I think that tree took Coop and forcibly spit him out of that red area, shot him towards not our earth, but the Twin Peaks earth, right? He floated around in the cube for a little bit and he got sucked out. Where did he go after that? Did we see? We don't know. We don't know. Falling still. Now, the reason, the reason that tree threw him through that gap so strong is he needed something to throw through. So if you're looking at curtains, right? And I'm punching a curtain. I can't get through the curtain, right? I'm punching, I'm punching this curtain. This curtain's not going anywhere. But you need to take something and you need to throw it with enough force, maybe like a bullet. And I think he took Coop and he bah, shot Coop just like a bullet right through that red veil because the only way he was going to get out and breach our two worlds, or not our two worlds, but Twin Peak world and that world is by shooting Coop through it. So I think Coop was nothing more than the ballistic. And then he shot through, went through, and then later that, that um, faceless female figure either is an inhabitant of the dark lodge or is a manifestation of the tree itself. Um, because I think we could both agree. She wasn't, she wasn't a nice lady when she showed up. Mm-mm. Ain't no box going to contain non existence. And so then that, cu- that, that all that gel coming out of the, Oh, 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 Oh yeah. 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 The floor. Look at this floor. Look at my hands. Look at my floor. So white and darker color. Mm, those are the lodges because we know that that red area connects the worlds right uh-huh. i think that red area connects the white lodge to the black lodge to the world of twin peaks and and our world and our world that's exactly right and the caps the cracks came apart right right before he threw coop through the through the drapery and all the oil started coming up and somehow that oil i think that's the same oil that was down in that in that field the mm-hmm. the stinky oil that old stink oil and i think that's what's going on Whew. Oh. wow i know right oh it's such a good episode it's killer killer okay where are we at now i don't know um the playing card with the ominous image on it <laughs> so that one i gotta tell you so that's what booper is after right right that's and we don't want. And we don't really know who Booper is. I mean, maybe Booper's Bob. Maybe Booper is an evil Cooper. Maybe evil Cooper is Bob. We don't know. We don't know. But what he's after is that. And we know that he's supposed to go back to the Black Lodge, but he doesn't want to. I think that thing, I don't know what it is, is his ticket of not having you to go back. So I don't know what it has to do with. Part of me feels, and I know this, this is a stretch. 
I think that card somehow represents David Lynch himself somehow. Like I think somehow in order to break the narrative, he has to somehow find a way out of, of the story. I think that's what he wants to do. I think he doesn't want to just not return to the Black Lodge. I think he wants to escape the world of Twin Peaks is wow. what he wants to do. Yep. I know, right? Philip Jeffries. Philip Jeffries. I, I don't know what's going. Philip Jeffries. I think somehow he bumped into, um, had an adventure where he bumped into these dimensional beings. One of them being, is it Rudy? No, Ruby. Judy. Judy. Yeah, yeah. Like that, and who knows? Oh, who's David Lynch's doppelganger? Cream is it corn Gordon kid. Paul? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, why wouldn't it be? It's perfect. Why wouldn't it be? So his doppelganger in the Twin Peaks world, clearly Gordon Cole. Then his doppelganger from one of the lodges, I don't know which one, I think is Cream Corn Kid. Oh, okay. Cream Corn Kid dresses like him. Yeah. Yeah. I that and it was played in the original series by David Lynch's son. Yeah, yeah. I think that's supposed to be his doppelganger from that other world. And and real quick to go back to that curtain idea I was talking about. Do you remember that book? I think I got you a book and then you gave it back to me and then I kept it. Do you remember? Or about, do you have um, it now? About the uh, uh, meditation, about transcendental meditation. Thank you. Yeah. Do you remember that? And he has something that's always stuck with me. He was like meditation is like he said, imagine that you're in a room with curtains over all the walls. Do you remember this? I don't there are, remember there that. are curtains over all the walls. He goes, everything you've ever seen and everything you've ever touched, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, yeah. are those curtains. But if you look closely between the curtains, you can see the white of the wall. And he says the white of the wall is the real world, is truth. And I think, I don't think he's lying here. I think he's trying to tell us like that, those curtains are literally blocking off these different worlds baby wow i know man this I, this is the first episode i watched and i was like the pieces they are coming together and real quick about garland briggs i think yeah. that somehow i don't know the how everything fits together but i think he's just involved with maybe i don't know if it's the new version of project blue book or something else and it's there's a, there's a organization or multiple organizations that are that know about these dimensional beings and that are trying to use them for their own gain or trying to kill them or all kinds of different motives. And I think just um, uh, Briggs, I think, knows about Booper and wants to get rid of Booper. Um, okay. And I think I think Booper thought that Jeffries would be helping him out and was nervous that Jeffries talked to Briggs, you know, which means that Booper is a vulnerable person. He seems very powerful. He seems very formidable. Like I haven't seen him break a sweat yet. And he's killed what? At least three people on the show, you know? Um, well, wait, maybe that guard guy is not dead, but he's definitely beat up really bad. So he's killed at least two people on the show. Um, anyway, that's, that's where I'm at with the show. Look at you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sarah Palmer was, is that what you had to say about her? Was that, her doppelgangers the horse okay. doppelgangers the horse yeah well that was those were some mysteries man i think that is this is probably the most i know serious episode it was it was i tess i watched this episode and i was like it it makes sense it all fits together man <laughs> it all fits together all right man do you have a quotable quotation from this episode i do uh 
whenever I dance like that, like with my weird hands, it always makes me think of, um, I did a, like a new year's Eve program at the library yeah. once. And there was this yeah. kid who, who <laughs> there was like, the, we had a video camera set up and there was like one kid dancing, like normal dancing. And then there was a kid like running in circles around them as you do. <laughs> and then that one kid who was running around, he was a story time regular. He just stops dancing or he stops running in circles and he just does. And once again, audio listeners, I'm sorry, you can't see this. He just does this. <laughs> and, I was like, and I remember having a moment like, is he okay? And I realized that was just his way of dancing. I was just like, I knew a kid who danced like that in story time. He told me it was like a zombie dance. Yeah. Oh. It was a zombie dance. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I love how kids, I love kids like dance moves. Like one time I was in story time and there was a little guy going like this. Oh, that's a good one. He was doing like a little tiger claw. Classic. <laughs> so cute. And then some kids just kind of stare at you. Like when it's time to dance, <laughs> just kind of. You know what I, you know exactly what I mean, right? Like I know exactly what you mean. They don't feel like dancing. They just kind of sit there and stare at you while you dance, mm-hmm. um, which used to make me feel incredibly awkward. But then I just decided that that's the stare at me dance. And yeah. they're, they're just doing their own dance. That's how they stare do it, man. Stare at you dance. Um, Eric, what was your quotable quotation for this episode? To me, there is only one possible quote I could possibly go with. <laughs> you probably know what I'm about to say. And it is... It is the key to everything. Okay. Non-existence. So good. Mm. Once that tree um, showed up, I said, oh God, please let there be an evil tree. Let there be an evil tree. And you got your wish? I got my I got my wish. Um, I went with a different quote. This um there were actually I thought a lot of really strong quotes from this episode that I could choose. Um I went with one that uh it's it, i feel like it flew under the radar it's a good one though <laughs> it's uh when uh boopers in the diner with ray and daria and um and jack and uh ray's like hey i um you're gonna be gone tomorrow um and he's probably trying to like figure out like how long are you gonna be gone so i can do whatever sneaky thing i'm gonna do <laughs> booper says for a while the day after tomorrow i'll need to be on my own that might be a good time for you to learn how to mind your own business. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a sick burn. I just I just thought it was a sick burn and I want to like figure out how to get it into like a conversation that I'm having here in this dimension. Um just because I I just really I really liked it. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on the show before, but like for a long time I've been playing around with the idea that like that David Lynch that like his characters could become aware that they're in his show, you know? Oh, man. And then once this, what I'll tell you right now, the, the whole thing with Laura, my first thought was David pulled her out. Like it, like everything clicked. I was like, Dave, David pulled her out and he whispered, David, you're on a TV show. And David, and he's like, nope, you're out of there, sister. You know? Um, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Tess, who's your MVP of the episode? Happy to tell you. <laughs> The, the the pea 
piece goes for like two and a half minutes and i <laughs> i just i just spend like two minutes just dancing to the music um my dancing is on point tonight by the way i'm just i'm oh, just good. i don't know if you can always. tell i don't know if you can tell i am jazzed up by this episode i turned to amanda when i watched it i said amanda one, I cannot believe that this this beautiful creation exists on the the same planet that I do, and then two, <laughs> that I have fifteen more episodes of this glorious show to watch. Oh my goodness! Oh, I am so excited by how much you are loving the return so far. I don't know I, what I, it is, I, and I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it is. I really, and you know me, I'm not, I'm not lying. I really enjoyed. The first show i really did and i liked the movie and it i had to kind of warm up to it a little bit but once i got into it i got it but like something about this return man it's just like it's like the, the game's over you know this is it like you got hey david lynch you got like uh you know you got 18 episodes to tell a story okay i'm gonna tell you what's going on i got no rules no you got no rules okay that sounds about right who's your mvp um I chose Booper as my MVP for this we episode. We had a lot of Booper action There in this was episode. a lot of Booper. He definitely, I don't like him. I'm going to be honest. I don't like him, but he's moving the plot forward. And for that, he gets my MVP of the episode. What about you, Eric? You know who my MVP is. Who is, is it, it? Is it the, the, the evil tree? That, that evil tree baby once that tree showed up because i think there are so i think there's there are three levels to the show i think there's the the regular twin peaks level like you know who committed this murder who cut off this head who's sleeping with who right who's who wants to burn down the mill that that kind of like worldly stuff then there's the next level that is these dimensional creatures some people interpret as aliens some people interpret as ghosts Yes. The answer is yes, they are. They're aliens, they're ghosts, they're horses, they're this, they're that, they're everything. They're trees. And I think that level, a big part of it was just revealed where we now know that there's this this good tree, right? Who seems pretty good. The little man's try to help out Coop as much as we as much as we know. He's tried to help him out. Um and and um and then we've got this evil tree. And I think this next level is is about the the warring, war, the, those different, them coming together and coming down to earth in different ways and how they affect us. And I think they've affected us in the past, in the original Twin Peaks, and now in the return. And then that last level, this is like the the top level. That's like the meta level, the uh, the David Lynch interacting with the world level you know which i feel like if we looked closer now that we've had this revelation we could see other instances of david um interacting with with our world um or or interacting with the world of twin peaks i should say i feel like um i never got to like uh finish up my theory about actors mm-hmm. and now i i feel like it's like inconsequential after all of the revelations that you have brought forward um but there is an actor who is does not return in the return and that is the actor who played the little man mm-hmm. um he seems to have been replaced by this tree um, and I thought the reason is because David Lynch doesn't like that actor anymore, but um, they had a falling out and uh, I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to speculate much further on it. Um, but 
maybe that's not it now. Maybe <laughs> it would test if that if that tree because we know that tree is playing beyond the board like you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning to look beyond the board. I um, if that tree because we know the tree was saying little man quotes, right? If that tree started dancing, I would have lost my. I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind. Once that tree showed up and Amanda's like, what the hell's going on? And the tree's like, I sound like this. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, it's this beautiful, beautiful show. I feel like I, excuse me. I feel like I don't need to ask you this, but I'm curious how many fish in a percolator you would give to this episode. Fellas, don't drink that coffee. You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator there was a fish in, in the percolator in the percolator i'm sorry he just delivers it so well fish 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 um how uh we do five right yeah out of five i don't know what happened to this percolator there are I don't, I can't count how many fish are in there. There's like, when I look at it, it's like an MC, an MC Escher painting of just fish all in there. It's fish to a point of infinity is how far the fish go inside this percolator. It's a dimension of fish. It's actually the fifth dimension. <laughs> oh my gosh. In which you give five fish. <gasps> Wait a second. <laughs> oh, no. And that's where the fish came from. <laughs> It came from the fish dimension, of course. Oh. Um, I give it as many fish as I can. This is a phenomenal, especially I would say a phenomenal episode by itself, but watching it with the two together feels like just a really long movie where the first half, I think last episode, I kept saying slow and menacing. This one didn't seem slow and menacing. This one was fast, baby. There's trees popping up. Yeah. Action pack. So I feel like that first one is the buildup. And then this one's not even the revolution, a, re a resolution, but the, the things that happen. How many fish do you give this episode, Tess? I gave it four. Four. <laughs> Is it because James showed up? I know you don't like James. You're like, oh, James showed up. You lost a fish. Lost a fish. Honestly, I well, I mean, I'm I'm kind of shared with you a little bit of my feelings about the return and how um, I like it more like on a rewatch, but I'm kind of trying to kind of like meld all my experiences of the return together and as I was watching it I realized I liked it better than the first one so I have to give it more fish than I gave the first one how many did you give the first one three right I gave part one three fish yeah. so I'll give this one four fish I do know what's the episode that everyone is like Eric brace yourself is it eight it's eight so I do think so out of game knowledge if eight's a good episode or like the brace yourself episode then in theory if that's five fish then if that's the benchmark we're measuring everything clearly for you this would be a four fish episode you know because it's not Maybe. episode eight yeah <laughs> episode eight is when all the coopers merge into one super cooper oh my goodness what a <laughs> then what? you find out that it's been transformers this whole time what what an episode i i don't know what it i can't put my finger on what it is about the return that like it's just getting me so jazzed. <laughs> I am.
here for it. Whatever it is, I am loving your energy. Because I really, I really like the original. I really did, especially as we were ramping up towards season two. I would say for me, the original, I really enjoyed it, but I think it kind of ramped up up until we not peaked as in like it got bad but like a high point is that whole what was it episode two of season two the one where leland dies what's that one mm-hmm. i forget which exactly yeah that is. and then and then early I, I, on in season two and then another peak for me is um um near the end of season two when we we go back to the um the red room and all yeah. that stuff um and then there's a bunch of little little it's a more like a mountain range you know there's a lot of little peaks in there that i really like but i feel that i feel that the original had more cozy and a little bit more wacky and this one's more certainly darker and more menacing but then things are still off but not in a haha not in like a leland palmer's on his daughter's casket kind of thing but more like this guy's shoving noodles in his face like a maniac while these people have like a wrong here (laughs) Yeah, there definitely is not um, enough like wholesome, quaint. Yeah, I feel like that's what you're missing, right? Moments. I'm missing that a lot. I'd say like the closest we got was Shelly telling her girlfriends that James has always well, been cool, which is a statement I just fundamentally disagree with. So, yes, <laughs> James is cool. He's always been always cool. Been cool. I, and you know me, James is one of my favorite characters. That's I why when, when he I showed know. up, I was like, be still my beating heart. There's James. The um, I think, so let, let's actually uh, break down the return a little bit as far as like coziness, because I think the original, we had a bunch of high schoolers, right? Or at least people pretending to be high schoolers, right? Yeah. And we had a lot of high schoolers interacting with their parents in a way, right? I think in mm-hmm. this show, so far, it's mostly adults. Do we have any? Yeah. You know, so that might be part of the reason why it's not that that cozy not that you can't have cozy moments without um not that you can't have cozy moments between two adults but like i feel like it doesn't like itself you know you're right a lot of times you need that kind of youth factor to bring in the coziness a lot Mm. of things that i feel fit into this genre do tend to have that kind of youthful element to it um i hadn't really thought about that until you until you just mentioned it but like, for instance, I recently read a book. It's a really excellent book. It's called Rabbits by Terry Miles. And I would. Is it based on the, the movie called Rabbits by David not, Lynch? It's not, but I. It, it's really funny because the book is about coincidences and like investigating connections between things. And like when you were talking about multiverses, I was like, oh my God, this is reminding me of rabbits and like. If it reminds me, is that a coincidence that I need to investigate in order to, anyways, it's a really excellent book, but I felt like it fits the cozy, creepy mold and there isn't, um, there aren't, well, there, I guess there are, there are like flashbacks to childhood. So maybe that's where it comes in, but like, it's a lot of like, oh, there's, there's uh, other dimensions and are the people who live there or the beings that exist there, are they malevolent or benevolent uh but also i like like to hang out at the arcade with my friends and then we go next door to the diner and have eggs benedict so like i just wrote down rabbits because this sounds rad (laughs) it it is rad i it blew my mind and then it was one of those it's one of those books like when you finish it you're like well now what do i do with my life i have to walk around like everything's fine (laughs) 
I felt that way after, um, oh man, I had a head, I know we're going on a tangent, but you know, for <laughs> listeners, I don't get to hang out with Tess anymore. We, we're like, what would, what would an episode of this podcast yeah, be without a good we've old been, tangent? We've been pretty good on, on, <laughs> we've been on, on point this episode too. So we Listen, deserve a little okay, tangent. We're just going to do one little tangent and just then we'll let tangent. you go. <laughs> Is that, um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say, but, um, rabbits, shoot. books. When your book finishes and you have to go on with your life. Thank you. This morning I had a heady conversation with a friend at work about um, Dark Side of the Moon because I felt that way. Like when it was done, I was like, "My God!" Like it, and and I know I know you love the Matrix, but I think you've told me you haven't watched the second or third ones in a while, right? Yeah. So I've watched those movies many times, and I've come to the conclusion that the Matrix is essentially the movie version of dark side of the moon. Like it is like the way they, I know you're like, what is going on? Especially because I'm watching, because it is, I'm watching revelations or revolutions and um, which brought revelations and I'm watching it and Smith, it's all about Smith and control. Right. And like, this is what we're telling you to do. Just like pink, just like pink Floyd's dark side of the moon is like, this is not that they're telling us what to do, but this is what society tells us. Uh, Money is important time exists in the past and the future but not really now you've got to be, get going you know or not get going at all whatever um othering and this is what you got to do and at the end i talked to my friend eric um who's not me but my other friend eric ironically I was, talking, I was talking to my i know from the from the white lodge and i was talking about it, it so this is actually a little weird this is a tangent and tangent i was talking to my friend eric who i used to work with um and then today i was talking to my other friend eric who i currently work with these are two separate eric's Neither one of us me. So they're two different Eric's. Anyway, Eric told me when he got to the end of Dark Side of the Moon that he thought the ending was very hopeful. That you saw those these things that 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 ail humanity and that we can transcend them. But I didn't see that at all. I saw it as almost like this is we're part of the machine and that's all we can do. We're a part of it. Remember, I told you on our last episode of of Peaks that it's like. It's my job to teach Freya these things that change her. But then my friend Eric that I work with, he said, well, maybe it comes down to choice. Like, you know, money's BS and you have to teach Freya that money's important, but you can also teach her, by the way, it's also BS, (laughs) you know, like these are the rules that society has, you know, and this is what happens easily. People other each other left and right. Right. And, uh, and X, Y, and Z, but that doesn't mean you have to believe in it. It's just, that's what the world is. You know, you can still not worship money. You can still use money to live and not have to worship it, right? You know, so was, anyway, all that to say is when I finished listening to Dark Side of the Moon, I was thinking a lot about it, just like you were thinking about rabbits. That was yeah. the linkage. And FYI, I think you should read rabbits because it is Matrix-esque in Ooh. that it's like, you think, you think something's, you think this is what the world is like, but there's really something going on underneath that you have to, figure out or it's up to you do you want the red pill or the green pill basically a red pill or blue pill like what does the green pill do (laughs) green green pills is suppository (laughs) i should be misremembering the colors of the pills um also you should listen to wish you were here next what is that it's a pink floyd album i listened to the wall yeah you should listen to wish you were here i'm um Wish you were here. Um, I'm going to listen to that when I'm done processing the wall. 
because I've listened okay. to it all the way through. Um, I need to listen to it a few more times before I'm okay. there, and all then right. I'm gonna go to it. So, but all then right. that'll be the next one on my list. Um, anyway, that has been Twin Peaks. What's the episode we're talking about next week, Tess? We will be discussing part three of the return next week. So come back next week if you want more of these hot, hot theories and hot, hot coffee. And, um, uh, or hot tea in the case of Booper. Oh, right? oh yeah. here, Eric, I'm handing you this mug. <laughs> oh, thank you. Wait, let, me how do I, let me hand it to you. Let me take it. I'm holding it in my hand and I'm going to drink it. Ooh. That tea is cold because I'm the doppelganger booper. 